You are listening to a Reverie Studios production. Download the Reverie app for the best in queer-rated entertainment. Available for iOS, Apple TV, Android, Chromecast, and Roku. For a limited time, you can get a year subscription for only $39.99. Hello. Everybody and welcome back to the Talking Trash, the Gaberhood After Show podcast here on Reverie. Let's give it up for Reverie, shall we? We've been on here for uh, this is our fifth time. Thank you for having us. We have this lovely backdrop in the back. I feel so official. Uh, my co-hosts today are, of course, the stunning Nate Stoner. Hi, hello. How are you? How are you? Thanks. I'm Brittany, bitch. Yeah, you're coming in super clear from Michigan right now. So good to see you look healthy. I like that about ya. Thanks. And to my right, the stunning Anna Schlegel. Hello, Anna. Hello. Welcome back to the Talking Trash. Thank you. Welcome to you, sir. It's good to be back. Today we are discussing episode five. Let me just give you a little rundown. Um, Adrian tries to revive his drag persona. Blaine's bachelor party is filled with surprises, and Lisey feels excluded. Um, so you know we've we I've mentioned this I mentioned this a few times that you know when I started watching Gaberhood I didn't know what to expect, and now we are in episode five. Yes. And no shit, listeners, anyone listening or watching this podcast, seeing me right now, this is a funny fucking show. It just keeps getting better and better. Um, Thank you. That's very sweet. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm thoroughly impressed. Like truly. Um, Actually, you're not kind, and that makes it even better that you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so when the bully finally is nice to you, and you're like, "Oh, oh my hey. god, I'm totally gonna be a prom queen." Uh, well, you know, nerds, calm down, <laughs> calm down. I'm still super cool and popular, still. So, uh, well, let's talk about this episode because this is uh, so. Uh, in episode four, yeah, we left off uh, with Blaine and Willard. Uh, getting engaged. Yes. Perhaps a little too quickly. Perhaps. Uh, there, there might be some lesbians who don't agree, but you know, we, you know, or whatever. Uh, and, and the, and it opens with, we have, uh, Willard and Blaine, they have connected their social medias. Uh, they now have a joint Instagram account. Hashtag Instagay. Hashtag Instagay. Uh, this is ridiculous. Like, like this whole, this whole, this whole scene was so ridiculous. They were working out together, taking cutesy pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was it like? In, like? Is this something that's familiar to you? Do you know people who have? Uh, yeah, like I know people that, and, and you know what's interesting is you never see the people that post too much on about their relationship online. You never see them taking those pictures. Uh-huh. I, Nate, do you ever see? those people taking pictures together like or is it just like we imagine the behind the scenes of the crazy uh <laughs> no i mean i imagine it to be exactly how we portrayed it <laughs> which is 
obnoxious and annoying. And it was. They were working out. They were doing push-ups yeah. with each other we'll on their bodies, uh, making poor Adrian film the whole damn thing. Such what a, a good friend. What a good friend. And <laughs> and we, I was interested because we opened this show, and suddenly Adrian's not drinking. Mm-hmm. What happened there? Nate? Weird. <laughs> um, it was a character choice because of, well, no, it was uh, the writer's choice because the last time uh, Clay broke it down about the superheroes and that, you know, maybe he is actually a nice person, but he just drinks and he's an asshole. Yeah. And so that really like sunk in with him. And so he, he decided to give it a try. Okay, so uh, we we and also we opened it because uh, Specificity Jones was trying to make a comeback. Say that again. Specificity Jones. Did I get it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Specificity. Specificity. Can I just tell you? Specific. Can I just share with our beloved listeners and viewers right now? Uh, when Nate Stoner first told me what his drag name was going to be, what did I say, Nate? <laughs> Oh, something along the lines of you're a fucking asshole. Everyone's going to hate you because they can't say it. <laughs> Specificity? Specificity. <laughs> <laughs> one, time, one time I was performing in Provincetown and um, fucking, uh, who was it? Colby Bianca? Yeah, Bianca Del Rio was there and she was pissed just like you were pissed. And I was like, I'm sorry that you've never read a book. <laughs> Specificity? Did there get, you go. Did I get it right? Yeah. I, uh, Worst drag name in history. I didn't know you were trying again. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were so proud. I was. I was like, I was did like, I get it? Did I get yeah. it? Uh, yes. Most obnoxious name ever. Uh, but um, so she's trying to make a comeback. She's sobered up. She's reevaluating her life. Yeah. And she is on what people uh, assume is a popular podcast in Chicago. Uh, feast of fun, um, and uh, and and that you were do you did a cooking with drag queens segment. Yes. How was shooting that with uh, with Fausto and Mark? What what was that experience like? Well, I well fun little backstory. Specificity Jones is actually like like a real. Um, she existed before Gaberhood, and I was when they asked. Let's put me that to in do... quotes. She existed. She was she was present. I mean, she won some competitions. Watches like that. <laughs> but um, I was like, I asked Colby and Sam, like, can I just use that name? Just because, like, whatever name I can get out there, like, it's great. But I don't I mean I don't do her anymore, except for Gaberhood. But um, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> I was I was wondering what it was like doing cooking with drag queens. Oh. So I had already. <laughs> I had done the Feast of Fun with them for, it was like a post-Oscars show or whatever. And so I, I'd known them, and um, it was pretty pretty fun to get in there and pretend to do their show. Uh, yeah, they because they, no... did, they didn't ask you to come back on that show, did they, girl? No. They also didn't know what was going to happen. Uh -huh. They had no idea that I was going to be like this like crazy, like... Well... A super hyperactive mess. Well, because Adrian was taking diet pills. She found a bunch of diet pills from high school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. True rip, life. Rip from the headlines. True story. True life. Nate will often speak about his amazing um, 
uh, weight loss in high school thanks to a very specific thank you yeah there's so much yeah, yeah we want to hear you i can see that matonal burn in your body <laughs> burn uh bone in your body um uh, nate will often talk about uh the, his weight loss uh what what drug was it fenfen nate that you were on? it was um ephedrine oh, oh shit that takes me back yeah that takes um, me back to the yeah. '90s, bitch. Yeah. Ephedrine. They made that shit illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me a month and a half to drop 45 pounds. I was living. Yeah, girl, you look great. And dying. You look great. I well, was living. Yeah, and dying. dying. I do have to say though, your beat from the beginning of the show, episode one to episode five, your beat has improved remarkably. It's so strange on how quickly drag queens can evolve. Mm. Um, Wait though, who did who did your beat? I was gonna say we could just leave that. What? Um, yeah. What? Full disclosure: One Miss Dixieland Cartwright did my beat that night. <laughs> so thanks to you, bitch. Boo. And hair by Kimchi. Yes, that wig was Kim's. She oh. she, she styled it. So he didn't yeah. get more. It's see, it's not about what you can production do, value. You know. Production value went yeah. up. There we um, go. So let's fast forward because we go a little forward, and now it is the bachelor party. And can I just say Blaine's bachelor party? And can I just say how impressed I am that you brought Jack Hammer out into the open, and you now everyone knows what the hole is. Can we just talk? About the fucking <laughs> hole, real quick. Let's talk about it. So the hole at Jackhammer yeah. is uh, is a section in the bar where, on a weekend night, I don't know this because it's changed. I've been I have not been there in a long time. But you are able to check your clothes into a garbage bag, and then go down in there in your underwear. And there's like troughs everywhere, so for to pee on, and uh, it's just a just for a. To- yeah. It's just yeah. a joy. It's just a joy. Here's the situation. Yeah. I consider myself, and we've discussed this previously, that I have lots of gay male friends. I think I am very accepting of all different walks of sexuality. Yes. I was not even so much scandalized as I was like, I'm kind of impressed. This is <laughs> freaking bananas. <laughs> bananas. It's bananas. And they they were so and the other thing is is the folks that work at Jackhammer are so nice and so welcome. They are. They so, are the sweetest gentlemen. So nice and so excited to have us here or in the space and we're like showing us all the areas and being like, "Oh, this is if you like being tied up." Did you smell the jism in the air, girl? A little bit. <laughs> and they were like, "This is where if you like to watch and this is where if you like to pretend you're a dog." And I was like, "Where's the one where you know each other's parents?" Oh like, my where's gosh. the area where you know each other's parents and you have a joint checking account well you know that's the bad bad dog okay well that's well well we just booked through this already but we got to get we got to talk about a few more things lisey was not invited to the bachelor party and lisey did drag she did she 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 was a drag king i love that you snuck into the back of jack hammer and you and you're so your character is so funny like i'm just gonna stand by the door and hope that someone lets me come in but real quick Stand out and what I who I want to see more as of episode five, Dixie Lynn Cartwright. Are you saying you hope she gains weight because she won't? I want her to be huge. No. She can't. <laughs> she can't. She She's on Fen She She's is so funny. Fed her. So like funny. the the scene that you two had that Lisey and Dixie had uh, about and, and the mentioning of the coke and I mean she's just so natural and so funny. 
Um, but the party in the hole was the shit. I was into it. We got Literally. Deontay back, everybody. Yes. If you're following Deontay, she back queen. She back with a vengeance. Hashtag, Hashtag back with a vengeance. <laughs> and uh, I am into that. Oh, and then... Hashtag. And what I love now is that we get to see, you know, um, because if we remember from episode one, uh, Dante and Seth were having a conversation because Dante must know what Seth's sexual preference is. And I love that it just picked right back up. Like he's been gone for episodes, but they get right back into it. And we start talking about uh, Seth's relationship. And I was like, I didn't know that Seth was in a relationship. So I'm interested to see what that means because he's being very elusive and quiet about it again. But this episode was fucking packed full of Oh wait, we did learn. We did we learn um in season yeah, in episode? At, the, at the very end. That's yeah. right. We oh so Blaine's making out with a stripper, which we just know Blaine is not ready to get married, everybody. This he's is this is a mistake. She should have never said yes. No. Um. Uh. And I love that she just kept making out with a stripper, and you would pull him off, and he would jump right back on that stripper. And I was super fun, into fun. it. But then we do, we do find out. <laughs> fun is fun. fun can is you please just real quick? Can you just tell that little story, that little anecdote? That my mom would about say, fun is fun. Yes. Oh, my mom when she would like when we'd be getting wild or something, or like I'd be doing an accent or be real theatrical. My mom be like, "Okay, fun's fun." <laughs> But shut up. But shut the hell up. Is basically what she meant. Fun, fun. Fun, fun. But we do learn that Seth is still with Bocage. And that's Mm -hmm. weird because if I remember right in episode four, Bocage was giving some serious shade to Seth. And oh, I love that scene. I love that scene. And I did. Did you love that scene? Um, but before, yeah, when Johnny's like, sir, when Bocage is like serving it up to Seth and just like, eat your cookie, goodbye. Yes, eat your cookie, goodbye. Now, but I have to say, I'm brutal. I'm intrigued by this episode because it did take a little bit of a dark turn. First of all, Adrian being like the pillar of sense is odd enough. Yeah. And the fact that you know, there's such a difference between the Adrian. Um, uh, from episodes one to four uh, to episode five. Like, there's been a complete role reversal. And we kind of see, because you, uh, Adrian is in charge of of Blaine. He's wasted. Mm-hmm. He's so drunk. They've been just pouring booze down his fucking throat. And he gets home. And, you know, I, I mean, you see it all the time. You've, you've, you've uh, probably done a bachelorette party or two. When you, like... Pass off the bachelorette or the yeah. bachelor back to the beloved. Um, and it kind of, we saw a darker side of Willard and a more mm-hmm. controlling side of Willard, uh, which, um, let's, real quick, I think we have like a minute left before we can go to break. But are we going to see more dark moments? Is, are we going to, is, is this something that's going to be happening in the neighborhood? I mean, well, canned response, you'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, real mean, response, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's inter- let me just say it's concerning <laughs> it's not great behavior yeah no and i mean it was interesting to see because like you you see these characters you see the fun and you see how crazy it is but then all of a sudden there's like this little um ingredient that just got tossed in that's just kind of changing the whole vibe mm-hmm. uh and with a rushed wedding you know it's it's it, 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 i i cannot wait until next week because next week is the season finale so i i'm very excited to see how they wrap this all up but we're gonna wrap this section up and take a break when we come back we're gonna dig a little deeper Ooh. teachable moments 
learning Kids things. As deep as the hole in Jackhammer? As deep as that hole. Oh my God, that took me back, y'all. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I, like, left a sock in the fucking garbage bag I had to put my clothes in. <laughs> In the middle of February, 20 degrees below zero, but you still want to get a blowjob in the bar. You know what I mean? I mean, who hasn't been there? I mean, maybe it's just me. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for love, not just a hookup? You should try LGBT Cutie, the dating app where real people find real relationships. Download LGBT Cutie, available for free in the App Store and on Google Play. That's LGBT Q-U-T-I-E. And we are back with the Talking Trash, uh, episode five. And uh, like we always say, there is something that you can learn from the original Reverie production of Gaberhood. Yes. And uh, and the way the episode started, and we touched on it at the last, the last segment, was joint media accounts. Now, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from a small town in central Illinois. So I still have some people from my uh, past life that show up. And there is nothing more annoying than when you see all of a sudden their, uh, their social media change to the Johnsons, Stephanie <sighs> and Jake Williamson it's like honestly what girl? that is just it's just the husband being like I don't give a fuck about social media and the wife being like but you have to no girl that is the wife being like we are a thing now I don't want you to have your own social media because you <laughs> might be a hoe you know what I mean I never thought about it like that do you and your husband have a joint oh, social God, media no. account girl no uh, my husband does not do Facebook anymore. He uh, left, he just doesn't do it. He, d- he left Facebook up because it begged him to because all of our wedding pictures are in one of his albums and I can't figure out how to move it. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of do Facebook. All your memories are lost. Yeah, he he does Twitter is what he does and like that's all he does and he mostly post pictures of our dogs and angry political rants. So uh, Nate Stoner, you're a single gal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's, oh, I'm also a single gal. That's no shade. Uh, you're more single cause you're in Michigan right now. I'm, I'm assuming. Um, uh, just wanna, I just want to know what that grinder looks like. Uh, what would it take and would it take anything for you to do a joint, uh, social media account with your beloved? No, I mean, it would take, I wouldn't do it because even, even, um, I have like no relationship status on Facebook. And the only way that I would do it is if, like, my boyfriend was, like, really, really adamant about it. Uh-huh. But if he didn't care, I don't give a fuck. People don't need to know my business. I, I, Facebook is the uh, the gutter for my Instagram. I don't post status. <laughs> it's, like, my pictures on Instagram filter to there, and then that's it. And and I'll comment on things, but, like, I don't, I don't put my personal business on shit like that because it's so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't share a living space with someone. I don't think I could even bring myself to sharing a social media space. Well, that's confusing. Like, I can't keep up with messages anyway. Like, what if you read one? Who replies? Like, what is the etiquette? Yeah. Who gets to like somebody's engagement? Like, I don't know. That's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and it, well, are there like inner fights? Like if, if one uh, person likes someone and then or likes something and then they, the other person sees it and like, no, I don't like that. I don't like it. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> Unlike. Can, Unlike. Can you believe these are the conversations we were having these days? Did you ever think that we would grow up to uh, be talking uh, about whether or not someone clicked a thumbs up fucking button? 
Anyway, so the drag queens on Gaberhood are evolving, y'all, and they're evolving quickly. We saw Dixie Lynn Cartwright looking really pretty. A vast difference. I'm sure she did her own makeup for that shoot. She is so beautiful. She's like oddly, she's surreally pretty. Like when you're up close and next to her, you're like, ah. Like I feel like she's a giant Barbie. Well, here's my. And I want to hold her and shake her. Shake her, yeah, yes. Well, when she did my makeup, I was very adamant. Like, I I do love your makeup, sweetie, but I do not want to look like you. And she was really good about being like, no, I get spas, like. I was like, I want to look like real fish, like, cause she does like a really harsh line and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I want to be blended yeah, for the guy. Yeah, I, that was the first thing I thought when I saw you on oh, Cooking with Drag dicks. Queens was look at that fish. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty at least. She looked great. No, she looked great. I um, like that blue. You know, let's talk about uh, drag in Chicago because drag in Chicago in the last five years has kind of erupted. Uh, drag queens are everywhere. Right. Um, and and you were talking earlier how specificity has. Uh, did I get that? Yes. yes. Has, 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 I will get it. I respect you enough to try. Um, you were like, I won some competitions and whatnot. Is there like a hierarchy? You would know this more. I, I left the scene. Is there like a hierarchy when it comes to drag in Chicago? Is there? Uh, oh. Yeah, 100%. Is there a caste system? <laughs> yes, yes. And that's why I kind of uh, let it kind of fall by the wayside because it, in the beginning for like a good year and a half, we had the most fun ever. We met a ton of people. We were really like into the scene and people knew who we were and it was really fun. But then it eventually got to the point where it was like, okay, well, this thing's not happening anymore and I'm going to have to go to this bar or this bar like, I'm not so sure that, you know, Shea Coulee, like, is very fond of me to let me into hashtag face and things like that. And then also I got a real big boy job where I couldn't be going out on weeknights until right. two in the morning, like, which is pretty much expected of drag queens. And so I just kind of let it go. Personally, I love the thriving scene, but it is very hierarchical. Is that a word? You will say it is. Yeah, sure. On the Urban Dictionary, at least, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was when I was in the drag scene, because um, I've been doing drag uh, for 15 years, but it wasn't until like maybe five years ago that I really, really started be trying to do something in in the Chicago scene. And I mean, I was always a voyeur because I always had it set up that I had my own gigs. I always did my own thing. I always put myself in a position where I didn't ever have to wrestle. Uh, for the spotlight, mm. but I've noticed it. I saw it. I mean, I, I knew there were certain shows that you just had to do if you were going to do anything. And um, I'm glad that that's never been my drag experience. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that would be daunting and it would make you want to uh, hang your heels up, girl. Well, and I, I do. I love it. And I'm hoping to, you know, do more Gaberhood and bring Spess back for film and also maybe, uh, if Reverie has a booth at DragCon or something, Aaliyah, you know what I mean? Like something fun, like when it's fun and it's like for a purpose, I'm into it and I'm game. And I always said, I did want to do like what you do and like host and stuff like that. Oh, well, good luck, um, honey. I'm very good. I had one chance and I completely blew it and we won't talk about it. <laughs> you you had one chance to what? Like host something? The, the bar also 
but bombed and died just as just as much as I did when I hosted that show. So. <laughs> Wait, now I want to know what you're talking about. It was a dark moment. It was a dark moment. We'll 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 talk. Was, it, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it at the break, and then maybe <laughs> maybe in future podcasts we'll get her to loosen up a little bit on those stories. Now we were talking about like the little dark change. Uh, and I'm interested and I'm kind of fascinated about the uh, Willard uh, Blaine relationship. Um, and I'm uh, because they don't really know anything about each other. No. Um, what is, have you guys had experiences in relationships where you literally, and I, I think the only thing that could keep you from trying to learn some about somebody is if you're just too busy fucking. Like, has there just been like a relationship that's been so passionate and so fiery that you skipped getting to know them? <laughs> Well, there's that far end of the spectrum. There's also the other end where you just like don't care. Really? Do you know what I mean? But like, what, 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 but the, oh, you like so. But well, well, then what would you care about? Well, like you're so comfortable, like you, you just kind of like jump like um straight to like living together in a sense where uh-huh. you're not like, what's your dreams? What's your favorite color? And you're just like, hey, do you want a uh, breakfast for dinner tonight? Right. Yeah. What? What? Well, I mean. Well. I don't know. What have you noticed with gay people? You're kind of like the straight ambassador. Ooh. So what have, what have you noticed <laughs> in like your gay friends and their relationships? Have you have do you know gay people who have who have like literally not known shit about the person they've been with? You know, I have found that it, it tends to be interesting with my with my gay male friends that they just tend to be more um they keep people in the uh, they, in the fuck zone. Fuck zone. Until they love like, the fuck zone. It's my favorite of zones. <laughs> so they don't introduce them to their friends until they're kind of they get to know them a little bit better, and they're like, "Oh, we're in a relationship. We're not just we actually have each other's numbers. We're not just connecting on Grinder." Got it. You know, so like that's something that I found. I do know that like when Nate has moved in rather quickly with some of his gentleman callers <laughs> twice yeah twice <laughs> that was always really fast but i think that never seemed like and to nate's point it was like a convenience it was like an arranged marriage really okay like they had to live together because it was cold and they needed a place in chicago well i think that what i find interesting about this gayberhood scenario with blaine and willard is the fact i'm saying that right willard it's willard yeah. right okay thank god last week it was wilbur wilbur is what i, I keep <laughs> i keep wanting to say wilbur <laughs> i know i and specificity Jones. Specificity Jones. Yay! Yay! I got it, girl. I know your name. I hate it. I know it. Um, but like, what I what I found so interesting about this episode, um, and especially the end, is because those two boys truly don't know anything no. about each other, no. and. When you, when Adrian, I want, I'm trying to also stop saying when you, Nate, when Adrian dropped uh, Blaine off, I've been in that situation where I've kind of like walked a friend home and like went to their door and dropped him off and you knew that the other, the partner was not happy about right. it. And you kind of have an awkward feeling about as the door closes, like, should I let this door close? And that's kind of how they set it up at the end. You were like, is Blaine getting his ass kicked right now? Yeah. Um, And and so that and so that's I kind of want to focus just a little bit. We'll only go dark just for a little bit. Um, The fact that domestic abuse does thrive in gay relationships, I think, is something that. Uh, that we should be talking about just as queer people and as allies mm-hmm. uh, because people don't want to think about that aspect of it. They don't want to think about that aspect of it when it comes to heterosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm always taken yeah. back from that. Uh, I don't know if anyone watches Family Guy, 
but uh, it's Horton hears domestic violence, mm. and it's the elephant, and he's just sitting in his apartment, and there's like a vicious fight going on next door, and the the joke is, well, there's another side to the story, right? And like that kind of sh- like I did not feel like I gave a shit about whatever uh, Willard's other side of the story was. I was yeah. I just found myself saying, "Don't shut that door, girl. Well, I, <laughs> Take her back to your place." And I think it's also you know you're you're talking about that especially in the LGBTQ community like and there's this myth that men can't be abused. Right? Yeah. So like it's a masculinity thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so and also like you know Blaine of all people is also an archetype that we wouldn't expect to be abused. Who's yeah. a lovable idiot? Like yeah. you, yeah, you, 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 you want to smack him because he's stupid, not because <laughs> right. you know you're angry with him. Nate, what were you gonna say? No, I just um, props to AK Miller who really fucking sold that and made me genuinely uncomfortable during that yeah. scene because he was he was very real. I, I, I've personally been there. I've been in an abusive relationship. Never thought I would be. I always thought I was a, like tough. Bitch, Is that something you feel up- comfortable with talking about? Yeah, no, so, I mean, so, yeah. Well then, well, then I have a question. So what was the moment that you, when, like, did it just happen out of nowhere? That's something that I'm always, because I, I know that people probably want to punch me in the face on a regular basis. You know what I mean? And I know that if I'm in a, if I'm in a situation where I'm socializing with someone and it can get a little heated, I know that, oh, my God, m- maybe someone would hit me. But if you're with someone who you care about or you're supposed to care about, like, did it come out of left field, Queen? No, see, because what you're sort of trained to believe is that, uh, you know, you're backhanded and then you're like, I will, I refuse to take this. But it wasn't that I was never hit across the face or anything. I was never hit at all. It was thrown against the wall. It's pushed. It's it's things thrown at the wall next to your face that could have hit you in the face. It's 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 the little abuses that you don't think of as abuse because you're not getting a black eye. Now, did, you know, now did it did it start with like just yelling and like the and like the mental stuff then to wear you down so you would accept a push because I would, I guess we all want to think that would never happen to me if someone ever pushed me I would be out in a second, but you would think that you know, if if the abuse doesn't always start physical it doesn't always it has to get you have to wear someone down to get them to yeah. that point. And that's what I never thought in a million years I would be that person. And it was. It started emotionally. And then once I got physical, it just made sense because it was like, oh, this is just the embodiment of the emotional abuse that we were. Then by that point, we were inflicting on each other because I'd had it so much with that that I was throwing barbs as well. So in a sense, I was like, well, I deserved that because I was, you know, throwing it back at him. Well, so then, well, well tell us it, tell us how you got out of it. Like, what was your what was your step to get out of that? Tell our listeners something. If they're in that situation, what was your breaking point? Well, I my breaking point was uh, the third time that I caught him cheating. And this particular third time, he had taken my ATM card and taken the last $40 I had out of my account. Um, oh, that's so a then weird I just, withdrawal, isn't it? $3. No, 40 <laughs> Oh, 40 But still... <laughs> so i left a fucking sticky note on his forehead passed out drunk like he was and it just said like bye and i was fortunate enough to be like on the lease 
and he wasn't. So I was like, pack your shit, get the fuck out. Yeah. Well, we talked about that in the last episode. You like to you like to invite them in and keep your name on the lease. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. But if there's anyone watching us right now or listening to this and you're in a situation where you uh, are experiencing domestic abuse, uh, domestic abuse, gay or straight, Go to your website or go to your internet, look up websites and and get yourself some help and, you know, see if you can confide with uh, loved ones as well, because you should never be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You are listening to a Reverie Studios production. Download the Reverie app for the best in queer rated entertainment available for iOS, Apple TV, Android, Chromecast our good friends at LGBTQtie are giving you 10% off your Reverie subscription for three months with the code Cutie. That's code Q-U-T-I-E for 10% off Reverie for three months. We are back with the Talking Trash. And now it's your time, listeners, viewers, watchers, voyeurs, whatever. We always want to give you a chance to comment uh, to ask questions, to let us know what you think about the gayborhood um, on Reverie. So, shall we start? Yes, let. All right, we have ah. Jesse here, and they have a question. It says, "Have any of you ever had relations with a stripper? Relations? And do you think it's appropriate to have them with a stripper that worked in an event you were attending? Well, how else would you meet him, girl yeah. or guy? <laughs> like, Jesse, that." Like, who just meets a stripper on their everyday? You know what I mean? I'm never at uh, Whole Foods, and I meet someone, and I'm like, oh, hey, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm a I'm stripper. stripper. This is this yeah. is me <laughs> regular. This is who I am. This um, is me regular. Yeah, I guess you don't see strippers out and about, but, like, you can't tell. If yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell anyway unless they had, like, heavy jewelry and, like, a V-neck. You know yeah, what I mean? You're, like, yeah. you're probably a stripper. You're probably a stripper. Uh, I mean, I've worked, I worked at the Lucky Horseshoe Lounge in Chicago. Uh, for two years, and I would say that I've had relations with strippers. <laughs> and you know what, y'all? Don't knock it. You know what? A good stripper, if they're a good stripper, and they can move their hips in like a circular way right. and do like the reverse, you're golden. You're golden. You've had sex with some strippers, right, right, Nate? Yeah. I'm surprised, Nate, you never became a go-go boy, girl. I was always... Well, when I was really young, I was probably like 20, 21, and um, I was with a boy for like almost two years, and then we broke up, and he was having some issues financially, and he actually did a couple shifts at Lucky Horseshoe, and I showed up, and he's there in his like little thong and like glitter all over his body, and like, I no shame to strippers, like, I, strip your life away. That is fantastic. <laughs> I'm... I'm all about it. Like, seriously, I'm like very positive about that. But for him, I knew he wanted to be a police officer. And I knew that that was something that he was doing it out of desperation. And it was just and it was obvious and it was sad. And I got really sad about it. And he could see it in my eyes and he didn't ever go back. Oh, my God. Uh, completely off topic. Uh, when I was a bartender there. <laughs> When I was a bartender there once, this uh, suburban cop came in. No. Uh, and uh, he, came in a few, he came in a few times. And uh, I went home with him the first night that he came. And uh, there is nothing scarier than bringing home trade and then them taking their gun out and putting it on your <gasps> nightstand. Oh, my God. I was like, no, this is too real. No. But he was yeah. so fucking hot. I- no. 
That's happened before to me, and I thought it was really sexy. No, the, and he used his handcuffs. No, I was terrified by the gun, but also like I opened up a little bit more for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, whatever you want, sir. Oh my god! And then he would—he came in a few other times um, after. So fun, but yeah, I so like. He came in a few other times. Let's <laughs> just clarify. I love those straight acting closeted cops. Mm. They're the best. Anyway, all right. Uh, so pro stripper. I'm just gonna, we can just all assume that I have not hooked up with a stripper. <laughs> Let's just assume that. Have you ever wanted yep. to? No, because remember how we talked about I'm terrified that I'm gonna be with somebody and they're gonna turn out to be gay? Like, the fat girl doesn't end up with a stripper and then she's like, oh, but he was actually gay. And everyone's like, yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Did you also try to wear, like... Did you try to shop at Lucky Jeans, too? Like, things are not for you. <laughs> Anna Schlegel, everybody. She's, things are not for you. They're not. It's like lemonade. <laughs> it's not for you. Okay? Yes, lemonade, strippers. All right, let's move on. We have Tiffany here. Tiffany said, did Willard just stay home and brood during the bachelor party? I feel like if your partner had a bachelor party, you have to have one. Maybe he did have one, and we just didn't. We weren't privy to that information. Well, I also think it's telling that Willard doesn't have any friends. Yeah, like he doesn't. He doesn't have. That's anybody red in his flag life. number one. Yeah. I have a very short list of things that are like red flags for me, and one of the glaring ones is: Do you have a tight circle of friends like I do? Do you have a you bestie? At least, do you have a right. bestie? Do you have one person yeah. that you call? Like at this point, I have a bestie of over twenty years, and I'm now uh, in this uh, uh, phone tag. Uh, we we've been phone tagging for the last week, Aww. and there's not if if you feel guilty because you're playing phone tag because you can't reach each other, you got to have one of those. Yeah, you got to have something, someone that makes you feel like that. It's like oh my god, it's like, it's like like I every time he calls and I can't, I feel bad ignoring the right. call. You know that like that totally. that's the that's what you need because yeah. If you're coming into a situation like like Blaine has this circle of crazy fucking people around him and if you're coming into this situation and you can't add to it you're going to be the odd man out if if that friend group doesn't like you. Oh yeah. It's just and it's and it's just a sign that you you can't have sustainable relationships and it's just it's like it's just all bad news bears. But like, you know that brings another point though. I know of gay people who have joint bachelor parties that have gotten married what are our That's feelings fine. about joint is it well i guess we would have avoided I mean, the making out of the stripper thing yeah. had had willard been there this is well the i mean I gay guys are flexible too here's the thing i had a and i know i'm not obviously i'm not gay but we did the <laughs> i don't know if you guys know but you're I'm an honorary gay i'm not a gay man. you're an honorary but we did we had like separate bachelor and bachelorette parties and then we all hooked up at the end because most of our friends were like oh that's cute and then you don't want to screw the stripper you're about to be with your partner so like you can take all that fun drunken energy and yeah, Do so that's what you had. You had you had a separate, and then you all uh, met in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's cute to me, though. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: you're getting married, right? And like, and if your love is as pure as you and Branson's, like, <laughs> you, if you were in the mindset, if you made out with that guy, and if he made out with with his stripper, I don't think either of you would have been upset. You would have been like, whatever. We're getting married tomorrow, so who cares? I mean, I would have like been if upset. it was just like you I, like, would have I mean, I wouldn't have cared that he made out with somebody. I would have been upset that I made out with someone born in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been upset about. 
girl. Wait, they're not even old enough yeah. to get into the club at 91 yet, are they? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, no, ni- now, 91. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But in 2011, when I my old ass got married, no, he was not old enough to get into a club. <laughs> So no, uh, but I and every time I've like helped plan a bachelor and bachelorette party, I've always been like, "Do you guys want to like connect at the end? Because that'll be fun." And sometimes people are like, "No, I think we're good." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Why?" Yeah, well, you I don't mean, want a bone? Don't you want a bone? No, isn't it? Do we still do bachelor parties the day before weddings now, or is that not we a thing? Did, we did ours two days before because we're old and we were going to be hungover. And you knew you'd be hungover. It was a destination wedding too. Yeah, you had a destination wedding. Okay, the destination was Boise, Idaho. It was my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. I had the best time, and I slept with the best man. And he was a bridesmaid, so. That's hilarious. Did we did was the best man gay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you and and you were the only two gays at that Boise, Idaho wedding. No, there was a lot of gays. No, there- <laughs> It's my Very. wedding, and my husband has a lot of gay friends, too. <laughs> so I think it's weird to combine a bachelor party. I think it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I would think, like, having a whole night all together yeah. is weird. Like, I, you know, I would like that if there's a possibility of not being found out about my pre-wedding infidelity, I would like for that to oh be. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we've already established I would make out with a stripper. I would. I would. Your whole life is a bachelor party. What's that? Your whole life is a bachelor it party. It is. Well, let's take into account, okay, Colby and Sam, right? They are our directors and producers of the show. Uh, We're all really close with them. If they had separate bachelor parties, where would we go? I guess that's true. Like, honestly, like, how how could we split that up? I guess we could do it, like, one week and then the next week. All right, so Colby and Sam can't have separate bachelor parties. Fine, I guess that's fine. There there is a time and a place, and, like, there it it could be appropriate. But you'll each get your own stripper just in case you want to make out, I promise. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, Let's go on. We have Cole. Cole is as – oh, because this this is a good question. Lisey, for Lisey, how was dressing as a boy? I hated it. Did you hate it? I hate it. I hate pants. I hate boy stuff. I hate not wearing eyeliner. I loved your fucking sad excuse for a mustache. The whole time I was just looking at that mustache being like, I can't with you. I can't. Did you you do that, Anna, or did Dixie do that? I did it. I just put eyeliner on it. or I don't even know. Maybe, like, brow whiz or something. I think I hadn't waxed, so I was like, I'll just add some extra color to the blonde. <laughs> uh, so you don't you don't wear pants? No. Just, like, like I just I like wearing dresses, and I like wearing lady stuff. Yeah. I'm, like, not into pants. Also, they I'm shaped like an or like. Some women are apple shaped. Some women are pear shaped. I'm orange shaped. So imagine putting jeans on an orange like they just fall right off. <laughs> Anna is perfectly spherical and I'd have for no other way. <laughs> the weeble wobbles never fall down. That's right. Never <laughs> fall down. I love you. But their pants do. So. You know, that's something to be. Um, uh, drag kings uh, are, are showing up a little bit more in Chicago, I believe. They have, uh, well, I only know of one, actually. I know of Dusty Balls and that's about yeah. <laughs> so, but that's that's more than there were. Um, but but yours was just makeshift fun, backwards hat. Yeah, silly. But I do. But and I also think like that also spoke to the fact that you know we have a lot of say. I think in you know how we dress and like what the costumes are and how our characters yeah. present things. Um, I feel like it was realistic of what me and Dixie could have thrown together in the back room of uh, Jackhammer. But right. But. 
I also have just, like, I don't understand drag kings at all. Like, you get to be the most fun gender ever. Yeah. And you're just not going to do it. You're going to tape down your tits and, like, not have your curves and just be a sorry straight man. Like, I'm a sexually attracted to you but like oh my god why would you ever want to be a dude yeah men's fashion is nope. not the most Agreed. stellar like yeah but you know we still respect all drag kings out there and we say get out oh, there and yeah. get it i love watching drag kings it's Man. just i just don't want to do it myself yeah i i mean i i uh i remember in chicago when i first went to chicago they had the chicago drag kings which was like a group it was like a group of yeah. gals who were doing drag and like a circuit and uh but you know they they just drew on mustaches and mm. beards and like I, my thing is is like I'm all for disguises but don't fucking draw something on you like like that's what I love about Dusty Balls because like he uh, glues facial hair mm. on his face you know he manipulates his uh, bone structure with makeup that's and cool. stuff like that so I'm like if you can if oh, you can, Dusty's awesome yeah if you can do I've that seen Dusty perform. yeah D D Dusty's gonna be in LA in May actually yeah, so uh, uh, Lucy Whack at the back yeah he's gonna be judging the learn the words bitch Ooh. that I do at Akbar so it's gonna be very fun yeah I've seen some amazing burlesque of drag kings I just personally it's like a peacock dressing up like a pigeon <laughs> You get to be a fucking woman. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Well, before we go, we have one more, and we talked about this, but you know, I I do have a fond uh, place in uh, my heart for this uh, establishment. So Nico asked, "Is Jackhammer a real place?" The artwork in the background is incredible. Uh, Jackhammer is indeed a real place, and bless Jackhammer for like letting you use their name, Jackhammer, and letting you into the hole. And they uh, were. So fucking nice. When when I when I saw the fucking X rack, which is you know an X rack is what you are tied <laughs> onto and you can be flogged yep. or you can be penetrated yeah. or whatever you're into, but that X rack has been down there forever. And so when uh, that X rack could duck. So exactly, it would say, it "Can would you please screaming. wipe me down with alcohol?" <laughs> Please, it where's very, the isopropyl? It was very clean. I will say that. I, hats <laughs> off to Jack Hammer. Hats off to Jack Hammer. They but, were like, and this is where everybody pees. And I was like, well, it's surprisingly clean. <laughs> but I had nostalgia when I saw that x rack I was like, oh, bless you, Jack Hammer. So, yeah, if you're ever in Chicago and you are of the gay male persuasion uh, and female, whatever. If you're gay, straight, whatever, go to Jack Hammer. They're give them your welcoming. business. They're they're really far north. Yeah. so uh, You they, could go down to the hole, but you have to take off your top. Yeah, do they let women? They, but they don't let women down in the hole. If you take they do let women down there, but if you take off your top. Oh, see progress. Yep. We're evolving by the day. Uh, Nate and Anna, this has been a lot of fun. I have oh, so I much fun talking to you guys. Give it up for Nate Stoner and Anna Schlegel, my co-hosts and stars of the original Reverie series, The Gayberhood, and we'll be back next week. To discuss the season finale of oh, the, finale. the Gaberhood. Yeah. My name is Tony Soto, and I'll be back again next week. Bye. Bye.